You've all gone the extra mile to revise this. We're in great shape for the client meeting. Thank you all. You're here for others. The urgent care is closed. Should we go to the ER? You know what? I know what to do. We're here for you. That is a little bit higher than normal, but medically, it's not a fever. Oh good, that's a relief. Have a great day, sweetheart. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> the client loved it. We're approved to move forward. Great job, everyone. Live fearless, North Carolina. It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, November 19th. I'm Donald Ware. It is Takeaway Tuesday, a day where I give my thoughts a little bit more in-depth from the past weekend's games, the conference call with the SWAT coaches on Monday, etc., etc. And I'm going to start out with the box-to-row coaches and media polls, which are released each and every Monday, no surprise in the coaches' poll, Florida A&M unanimous number one in the coaches' poll, followed by Alcorn State. North Carolina is A&T, North Carolina A&T, that is, number three. South Carolina State is number four, and Southern is number five. North Carolina A&T and South Carolina State switch places as, uh, of course, A&T coming off the win against Bethune-Cookman, that a game really decided first place. Now Bethune-Cookman on the outside looking in. Meanwhile, South Carolina State and A&T are tied. I'm going to run through the MEAC's tiebreaker scenario as the MEAC season ends this Saturday. We have a couple of matchups. And, uh, again, I mentioned Southern at number five. Six through ten looks like this. Grambling, Bethune-Cookman, Alabama A&M, Prairie View A&M, and Alabama State. Looking at the media poll, Florida A&M receiving all of the first place votes. No surprise there. Followed by Bowie State at number two. Bowie State again winning that CIAA championship over Fayetteville State. Bowie State undefeated on the season. And is going to be hosting Carson Newman this Saturday in the first round of the playoffs and so uh, you know if you're Bowie State Bowie State has had some success in the playoffs had some success last year in the playoffs and uh, the Bulldogs having a really really good season Jerome Johnson the quarterback doing a really really good job Uh, but you also look at that defense I think is where uh, Bowie State hangs its hat uh, defensively and the Bulldogs have definitely been getting it done. South Carolina State, number three, A&T, number four. The two teams separated by just two points. Alcorn State is number five. In the media poll, six through ten looks like this. Southern, Grambling, Savannah State, Virginia State, and Miles re-enters the poll at number ten. Miles uh, defeating... Um, Uh, One in the uh, Albany State, defeating Albany State again for the second straight year in the SIAC championship game. And uh, so Miles re-enters the poll while Bethune-Cookman drops out of the poll. So let's take a look at the MEAC MEAC tiebreaker uh, situation. And this is what it looks like. The MEAC put out a release on yesterday. So a win by A&T over North Carolina Central. And an SCSU win over Norfolk State on Saturday means both teams share the MEAC title, but it means that the Aggies would go to the Celebration Bowl by virtue of the head-to-head victory over the Bulldogs uh, going back to November 2nd in Orangeburg. 
A&T can win the MEAC outright with a win and a South Carolina State loss. And um, the South Carolina State can win the MEAC with a win and an A&T loss. And then at that point, a, uh, South Carolina State would make it to the celebration bowl. If the Aggies and Bulldogs both lose on Saturday, North Carolina A&T would be declared co-champions with South Carolina State and Norfolk State. All three would be at 5-3 and three and clinch a berth, meaning the Aggies, to the Celebration Bowl. In that scenario, A&T would have the best record 2-0 and um, amongst the three tied teams, giving the Aggies the bowl bid. So the next tiebreaker after head-to-head is the record that you have against the teams that are tied. We saw this going back uh, to 2014 when you had five teams that tied for the MEAC championship, and ultimately Morgan State was the team at the time because, remember, that was there was no celebration bowl at the time, so the MEAC got the automatic berth to the FCS playoffs, and Morgan State had a two and had a, like a better – I forget what the record was, but they had a, the best record amongst all of the five tied teams – And so the Bears ended up going to the playoffs that year. The other scenario, in the event that Bethune-Cookman defeats Florida A&M and both North Carolina A&T and South Carolina State lose, the Wildcats would then share the title with A&T, South Carolina State, and Norfolk State, and the Aggies would get the Celebration Bowl berth because A&T would have the best record, which would be 3-0, among the four tied teams so those are the scenarios um it, you know it's it's very it's possible like it, it, it's possible that we could have a, a four-way tie you know that North Carolina Central is is going to be upset minded and it's going to want to go into uh, BBNT Stadium in Greensboro uh, looking to knock off the Aggies that is a big rivalry and of course maybe avenging uh, last year's defeat where the Eagles fell to A&T 45 to nothing and that game was in Durham. So uh, this week is really uh, considered Aggie Eagle week. We talk a lot uh, about North Carolina A&T and North Carolina Central. Uh, I know people are calling it the Aggie Eagle Classic. Um, it's it, the Aggie Eagle Classic to me actually is an official name, uh, meaning uh, uh, an event that took place in Raleigh for so many years. It was very successful generally on Labor Day weekend. And, uh, you know, you would get at least 40,000 uh, at uh, at uh, NC State's home field, Carter Finley Stadium. And so it was a big, big event. Um, it, it's still big, but the, but both teams have decided to take it to a home and home format going back. I think the last year of the Aggie, actually Aggie Eagle Classic was back in 2005. I more call it the Aggie Eagle rivalry. Take a look at the Box to Row National Players of the Week. First, we start with Joshua Pryor, the defensive tackle for Bowie State. He's a redshirt sophomore from Baltimore. Now, remember, this young man was a redshirt freshman last year, was a box to row All-American, had a phenomenal season, had a dominating performance uh, on Saturday in the CIAA championship game, had a game high 10 tackles. Six of those were solo, four and a half tackles for loss and also had three sacks. Remember, this is a young man um, that had three sacks um, that is playing the defensive tackle position. He's got double digits um, in terms of sacks. Uh, this year, 
13 sacks, 25 tackles for loss. You know, he is an absolutely dominating figure uh, when you talk about Joshua Pryor and what he's been able to do uh, these last two years uh, for Bowie State and, again, been an integral part of that defense, which is very, very good. The other Boxer Row National Player of the Week is Dante Edwards. He's the redshirt freshman running back uh, for Miles. 26 carries, 105 yards, and three touchdowns as the Golden Bears beat, as I mentioned, Albany State 21-6 to uh, in the SIEC championship game. It was the second year, not only uh, the Golden Bears winning the SIEC championship, but it was also the second year in a row that the Golden Bears defeated Albany State. Um, for Edwards, it was his third, the third game this season that he rushed for over 100 yards. He leads all freshman running backs in the SIAC in rushing with 678 yards and is tied for the SIAC lead in rushing touchdowns with 10 in his fifth uh, overall in rushing in the SIAC. So again, Looking forward to that um, when you look at uh, Bowie State second year in a row. Remember, Bowie State was able to win a playoff game uh, on last year. So uh, Bowie State, I tell you what, I don't know. I, you know, I, I feel like this is a year that Bowie State can go a little bit further than it has before. I mean, now don't get it wrong. Bowie State's got an extremely tough matchup against Carson Newman, which generally is a power uh, in Division Two. Carson Newman, you know, out of that sack, the South Atlantic Conference, I, I don't know if, if Carson Newman is as strong as it used to be in the mid-2000s, but still a very good program. And then you look on the other side, I think Miles has a bit of more of an uphill climb as Miles – is going to be on the road in Hickory, North Carolina, to take on Lenore Ryan again, another member of that SAC conference. And uh, the SAC is extremely tough. Mentioned it yesterday um, you, uh, when we look at uh, the SWAC and we take a look at the SWAC. The SWAC's Eastern Division, where Alcorn State uh, is the Eastern Division champs. Um, but you know it, it, that that championship game or the Western Division crown I should say is going to come down to the Bayou Classic again Grambling and Southern it's a big time football game it's played you know at or I guess it's called Mercedes Mercedes Benz Superdome now uh, in New Orleans they're probably going to have 70,000 at that game Um, it, it seems like the last couple of years each year it's been between Grambling and Southern for the Western Division crown. This year is no different. Uh, Grambling is probably the hottest team in all of HBCU football right now. Six straight wins. Remember, this was a Grambling team that started the season out 0-4, is now 6-4, and coming in against a good Southern team. I mean, Grambling's got to be able to contend with Ladarius Skelton. Ladarius Skelton not only can run the football from that quarterback position, he, the last several weeks he has gotten it done passing-wise uh, as well. So, you know, I mean, Southern had a tough football game. Um, against Jackson State where they had, uh, what did I see, 40,000 at that game? Doesn't surprise me at all because you're talking about the two best supported teams in the SWAC, Jackson State and Southern. So I'm sure they had a bunch of people that came over from Baton Rouge to that football game uh, in Jackson. And then you look at Jackson. Jackson was uh, Jackson State in, uh, in contention. Jackson State definitely w- was, at least, in contention a little bit for that Eastern Division crown. But again, Alcorn State 
Ole win dashed the hopes of Alabama A&M because they beat Alabama A&M head-to-head, dashed Jackson State's hopes. You know, uh, on the conference call, Fred McNair, the head coach, of Alcorn State, he was asked a question about, well, do you rest players coming up in the game against Jackson State? He said, no, we're not going to rest players. We're going out, and he he said it a couple of times, we're trying to win a football game. And that's not, you know, again, you you, you want to, you don't, and I can understand the question because at the end of the day, what you're already in the SWAC championship game. You're looking forward to winning that SWAC championship game and going back to the Celebration Bowl and Jackson, the game against Jackson State from a conference, from standings and placement and all that means absolutely nothing, but it's a rivalry game. And, and, and also he mentioned the fact that from a recruiting standpoint, you know, the game is going to be in Jackson. Um, Jackson State's going to have some of its rec- potential recruits there. If Alcorn State can win that game, maybe some of the guys that uh, both Alcorn and Jackson State are trying to get, maybe they come over to Alcorn State if Alcorn State uh, is able to win that football game. So definitely you want to play that football game to win that football game, no question about it. I think one of the good things about the way that the SWAC is set up and the SWAC has things set up is that after the the regular season, there's a break in between the championship game. Uh, so you have a week off and then – after the SWAC championship game, another week off before the Celebration Bowl. So, you know, it, you know, maybe little bumps and bruises, as coaches like to say, can heal uh, within that time frame. But, again, if you're Alcorn State, uh, that's a rivalry game. You definitely want to go out and win that football game. And we've seen year, in years past uh, where Jackson State, uh, it seemed like it's going back a couple of years ago, uh, it was may have been uh, Jay Hobson's last year um, as the head coach, where uh, Jackson State won that football game, uh, even though Alcorn State ultimately won the Eastern Division. And by the way, for Alcorn State, six straight SWAC Eastern Division titles. So Alcorn State definitely getting it done and looking to go back to that Celebration Bowl. So even though the season's really winding down, we still got a lot uh, of meaning for football left. It begins this weekend uh, in the MEAC. And then, of course, uh, next weekend uh, with the game between Grambling and Southern for the SWAC's Western Division. Also this weekend, uh, again, Bowie State is hosting Carson Newman. Miles going to be on the road against Lenore Ryan. And Miles has got a really good defense. Like, I, I, I'm i saying they have more of an uphill climb, I think, but that doesn't mean they can't win that football game. Miles has a really, really good defense, a solid offense. And if you have a good defense, that, you know, you can go a long way with that. I, I hadn't really gotten in-depth into looking at Carson Newman and what Carson Newman uh, brings to the table. But I think Miles, even though, uh, again, uh, it's going to be a tough football game, I think Miles certainly uh, has an opportunity to win that game in Hickory, North Carolina. So that's Takeaway Tuesday here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. On tomorrow, hump day, we begin to transition. We're going to transition into week 13 of the HBCU football season. The schedule of games are getting less, but again, some important games uh, in the, uh, specifically in the MEAC, and then you got a couple of, uh, of playoff games that we're going to kind of transition to on tomorrow's hump day edition 
of the Box to Row HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Don't forget to tell a friend about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Uh, you can listen to us online at BoxToRow.com. You can also download the podcast and take it with you at BoxToRow.com as well as iHeartMedia uh, as well. So don't forget about that. And uh, again, uh, tell a friend, tell a couple of friends. Uh, if you want to know what's going on in HBCU football, then you want to be a part of the HBCU football daily podcast. Talk with you tomorrow.